You are listening to the Woman of Faith podcast, hosted by award-winning author and transformation coach, Nancy Ruffin. Whether you're establishing your faith journey or just getting started, the Woman of Faith podcast is passionate about sharing stories of faith that will inspire you to boldly live the life you were created for. If you're ready to elevate your faith and step into who God created you to be, then you're in the right place. So let's get started. Welcome back to another episode of the Woman of Faith podcast, the podcast dedicated to empowering women of faith to step into their purpose, embrace their calling, and fearlessly pursue the life they were created for. I am your host, Nancy Ruffin, and I am passionate about sharing inspiring stories that will uplift and equip you to elevate your skills, business, and life. The Woman of Faith podcast is your go-to resource, ladies, for stories of triumph, guidance, and actionable insights. I believe that faith is the driving force behind unleashing our full potential and creating a positive impact in the world around us. So welcome. Thank you for being here. Super excited for all of the amazing things that God is doing in all of our lives, even if at the moment it may seem like God isn't moving, I want to remind you that even in your waiting season, God is working because sometimes in the waiting season, he's either preparing you or he's preparing the blessing because there is danger in receiving a blessing before your time. So you want to make sure that you are ready to receive it, that you're prepared, not just in your mind and in your body and that you're ready to actually go and and do the damn thing, but you want to make sure that once you get the blessing, that you can maintain it, that you can sustain it, that you can hold on to it. Because if you're not ready, you could fumble the ball. Right, You could fumble the play and then you might mishandle the blessing that you have been so patiently waiting for. So I want to encourage you if you find yourself in a season where things do not seem to be moving as quickly as you would like, just have faith, trust the process and know that your blessing is on its way. So this week, I'm super excited to talk about this idea of sisterhood, what that looks like, how we have been conditioned as women living in this day and age and in this and in this time uh, to see each other as competition and competitors. And I want to say that that has actually been something that women have been dealing with for a very, very long time. If you've been listening to the podcast or if you've been following me on social media, then you know that in this season of my Bible study, the Women of the Sisters in Faith Bible study, we have been reading stories of the Bible through the book, The Women of the Bible Speak. So it's kind of like a book club slash Bible study where we're taking the stories in this book, 
we're studying them, we're going back into the Bible to read the passages of this, the scriptures of these women, and then talking about them. So last week, we were focused on the stories of Rachel and Leah, who are sisters. Um, and I don't want to go too much um, into their into this right now, because that's, I want to save that for segment two, but they were a really clear example of what it looked like to be in competition with your sister. They were like real sisters and the jealousy and the envy that existed between the two of them. And so much of that still exists today. And I want to talk a little bit about that, but I also want to talk about how we can make intentional decisions and take action to make sure that we are not living lives where we look at our fellow woman as an adversary or as our competition and really recognize that God has put each of us here to serve one another, to lift each other up, to support each other, and that the blessings that God has for each of us can't possibly go to somebody else. Because if the blessing is meant for you, then there's no one in this world that can take that blessing away from you. And if we start to understand that and walk in our lives with that understanding, then we know that something another woman is doing or something that another woman has, if they have it, then it could never have been meant. For us, but in any case, that's segment two. Before we get in there, I want to kind of catch you guys up on some of the things that I've been doing, some of the things that I will be doing that are coming up that I would love to invite you to be a part of. Last week, uh, we had our 26th annual 100 Hispanic Women Gala, and it was nothing short of amazing. We had Frankie Negron, the salsa singer, star. He's someone whose music I grew up listening to. So having him there was a blessing. It was, it was super, it was really nice to have him there. And one thing I have to say about Frankie Negron is that he was super humble, super down to earth. I mean, there was no air about him at all. He talked to everyone. He danced with everybody. He gave a beautiful speech honoring the women in his life and how they've influenced him, his mom and his sister. We also had um, Monica Morales from Pix 11 News as our MC, along with Audrey Puente, who's a meteorologist on Fox 5 News and also the daughter of the legendary Tito Puente. Um, I'm telling you, the night was incredible. We had an opportunity to honor five amazing women who are just crushing it in their respective fields. One of our honorees was Soledad O'Brien. Um, and if you know, you've heard of her, she's a journalist that I think she works for ABC News. Um, but we make it a priority to really highlight women who are doing work, Latinas who are doing work, because it's so important for us to see the representation in our communities. And a lot of times we cannot wait for the mainstream organizations to recognize our people and to honor our people. We have to be at the forefront of doing that. And that's one of the reasons that I'm so proud to be a member of the, of the 100 Hispanic Women, not just a member, but a board member 
I sit on the board of directors of the national organization and all of the work that we do is really focused on making sure that Latinas um, are given their rightful spot at the table. And we do that by awarding a number of scholarships to the young Latinas pursuing higher education because knowledge is power. Education is power. When you have a degree, when you have the education, you get access uh, more easily than someone who doesn't have it. And it makes it possible for you to achieve your dreams a little bit easier. And not to say that if you don't have a college degree, you can't become successful, that you can't achieve your dreams. You absolutely can. All I'm saying is that many times it's a lot harder to do without the degree. So for those of you who attended the 100 Hispanic Women Gala, thank you for making the night an incredible evening. Um, we were able to raise over $100,000 for our scholarships. That makes me so happy. That means that we can award even more scholarships to even more young Latinas. I also, this past week, had the opportunity to deliver a keynote speech and also moderate a panel at St. Thomas Aquinas College in Rockland County. And again, um, one of the themes that was really prevalent, at least in my speech, was this idea, you know, around the importance of education and how in my own family, it was never a question of whether I was going to college. Like it was always discussed and it was always demanded from my dad that my sister and I attend college. And for him, the reason why he wanted us to get an education was because he understood that if we had the degree, if we had the education, that there would be more options available to us as we pursued our careers. He never wanted us to have jobs, right? Something that we did simply for a paycheck, simply to make ends meet. He wanted us to be professional women, to have careers where we could actually grow in our careers and where we could earn good salaries so that we would never have to be dependent on anyone other than ourselves. And it's something that has stayed with me throughout my entire life because I am very independent. I make my own money. I'm an equal contributor to my household. I'm really blessed that I have an amazing husband who is an incredible partner and a really great dad. And just, I mean, he's, he's great. Um, but I also know that if things weren't to work out with me and my husband, I would not have to remain in my marriage simply because I was dependent on him to provide for me and our children. Like If it doesn't work out for whatever reason, you know, I could just take my stuff and go because I have my own money, I have my own savings, and I'm able to, to make my own livelihood. And that was something that my dad understood would be possible only through having this education. And so shout out to the good folks over at St. Thomas Aquinas College um, and the 100 Hispanic Women of Rockland for having me. Um, this upcoming week, I will be giving a, it's the first of a series of presentations for Emblem Health. 
um, on networking and personal branding and how we can bring our whole selves into the workplace and how we can leverage our Latinidad in the workplace and, and, and help it use it to help us stand out and really carve a space for us in the organizations that we work in. And this is a three-part series with the first uh, presentation happening this Friday. Super excited about that. And what's even more exciting about it is that I used to work for Emblem Health back in 2008. So to be coming back now as a hired consultant, a hired presenter, um, is almost like a full circle moment for me and kind of like confirmation that this work that I'm doing, like what I like to call my side hustle, is just as important as the day job, my professional career that I get paid to do. And so for anyone listening who is contemplating on, you know, kind of stepping to the side, maybe you have a side hustle that you're doing, maybe you're struggling with the side hustle and you're doubting yourself or whether you can really make a difference in doing the work that you're passionate about. I want to encourage you and I want to remind you that yes, you can. You can absolutely make a difference doing the work that you love, doing work that you believe in, doing and work that you're passionate about, even if it even if you're not seeing the fruits of your labor right now. Don't give up on yourself. Don't give up on the dream because in time, if this is a dream that God has placed in your heart, he will align the right opportunities for for you. You just have to keep moving. You have to keep going. You have to take that first step because unless you move, you won't be able to see God move in your life. And that kind of leads me into the next thing that I want to talk about is the Church Girl Conference that just happened, hosted by my home church, Trinity, New York. If you're listening to me, if you're a follower of my work, I mean, it's no secret that I am a very proud church girl. I am not ashamed or embarrassed about my faith. I am a lover of Jesus Christ. I am bold in that. And I am unapologetic in it because I am who I am only through the grace of God, through the sacrifice that Jesus made for me on Calvary, on the cross, when he died for my sins. I mean, like I can sit here all day and give God all the glory, but I won't because I want to talk about the conference and how impactful it was and how incredible it was and the amazing speakers that I had an opportunity to listen to, the breakout session that I had an opportunity to participate in, all of it was just, I mean, spectacular. It was a three-day conference of worship, prayer, and praise. And I was joined by two of my friends, my girl Rosa and Melinda. And again, if you've been following for a minute, then you know that me and Rosa, we go way back. We have hosted events together. And witnessing her own growth and evolution has been beautiful for me to witness because I have seen her evolve into this confident, dynamic woman who not only believes in herself, but she believes in others and she pours into other women and her community and she serves and it's inspiring. And I want to kind of use her as an example for a woman who actually did the work that was necessary to heal herself from the inside out so that she could live 
the life that she's living now. She's thriving and she's doing just such incredible, impactful work. And if you're not familiar with Rosa Garcia, then I encourage you to go connect with her on social. I am, I think her handle is I am Rosa Garcia. Go visit her restaurant, Roses at Park, in the Mott Haven section of the Bronx. This woman is doing incredible work and she needs to be highlighted and spotlighted. And I've had her on the podcast a few times. It might be time to kind of invite her again so that we can catch up with her and see all the things that she's doing. But I say all that to say that she came with me this weekend. She was my guest and we had such a great time. And I'm just grateful to be a part of a church community that is on fire for the Lord, a community that understands we are all on our own journey with God and that there's no right way to get there. But if we stay focused on God and who he is, man, man, does our lives change. You know, and church girl for me is really important because I wasn't always a church girl. Like, if I'm going to be honest, you know, when I looked at women who were in church and who had surrendered their lives to God, I was like, oh my God, like, I would cringe because in my mind, what that looked like to me was like, I had to change everything about who I was, right? And that I had to give up things and I had to give up people. I mean, and there is some truth in that when you surrender your life to God and when you give up the ways of the world. There are things you do have to give up if you're going to be a follower of Christ. But what I didn't understand was that it doesn't happen all at once. It's not like you surrender, you give life, you give your life back to God, you get baptized, you get dumped in the water. And then the minute you come out of the water, that's it. You're changed. Like, no, it does not happen that way. It happens over time. And it happens through your relationship with God and the closer that you get with Jesus, the more you focus on that relationship, the more he starts to change you. And you don't even realize that that change is happening because it's subtle and it happens in ways that you don't even recognize. It'll happen um, like a song that you may have loved when you were younger. And I will give you, I'm going to be really raw and vulnerable here. Um, but I remember when I was younger, my early 20s, 19, 20 years old, and I was going to Miami and, you know, getting live and I was getting drunk and hitting the clubs and acting real wild and crazy. There was a song that me and my girlfriends loved. And every time it came on, I mean, we would be singing this song to the top of our lungs, even though it was really nasty, really disgusting, really degrading. Um, but we sang it. Um, and I will tell you who sang it. It was the group MOP. Um, and it, I'm not going to say the name of the song, but if you're from that time and if you're familiar with MOP, then you know that they had a song that talked about women putting a certain body part in their mouth, right? <laughs> and let me tell you, I'm even embarrassed to say it now, but back then I like I was like just singing to the top of my lungs. Me, my sister, our girlfriends, and we would drive down Ocean Drive with this song blasting on the radio and like pumping it as loud as the volume would go and just singing it, right? And this was when I was 
in my early 20s, over what well, I'm 46 now, so over 26 years ago. But now, when I hear that song, it's like I cringe and I'm like, oh my goodness, I can't even remember, I can't even believe that that was something I was singing back then. And so I say all that to say that the changes in you happen subtly, they don't happen suddenly, you know? And so when I used to think about church girls like that, was what I thought. Like, oh, you just got to give up everything. But when you're following Christ, you don't look at it as something that you're giving up. It's just that you have no, you no longer desire the things that you once desired. You no longer to, you no longer desire to go to the places that you used to go or be around the people that you used to be around. And that's called growth and evolution and, and walking in alignment with God. You know, so back then, I wasn't the girl attending church every week or praying every day. I was the party girl, the clapback queen, the petty patty. I mean, all those things. Like, I was the one, like, ego was what controlled me. And what I've learned is that when you follow God, there's no room for ego. You have to surrender your ego because it's no longer about you. And it becomes all about the Lord. And so... This weekend, just being there, being at church girl, being surrounded by all of these other amazing church girls just made me so grateful for a God that loved me even when I turned my back on him. See, my relationship with God was pretty non-existent for a long time, but in his magnificence, he never gave up on me. He was always there. And in 2018, I walked through the doors of Trinity, New York, and I found my way back to Jesus. And it has been a journey ever since. And I'm not going to sit here and say that I am the perfect Christian because I am far from the perfect Christian. Believe me, like I fail every single day, but every single day I wake up with a desire to be better. And I ask God to make me more like him and less like me. And so I'm grateful to be a part of a church that reminds us that we don't have to be perfect to follow Jesus, that he wants us exactly as we are. And that as we build a relationship with the Lord and surrender our whole lives to him, he will change us from the inside out. And no matter how far from God we may seem, he will move heaven and earth for us. See, I wasn't always a church girl, but I am now. And I say that proudly. And I invite everybody that I can to my church because I want women to experience what I have experienced and what I have encountered in my own relationship with God. And so I want to just thank my pastor for having the vision for this church girl conference, for providing the space for women who may have never had an encounter with Jesus to come and encounter God, not just on one day, not two days, but three days. And I want to thank Pastor Kristen for reminding us all that the church girl isn't who you think she is. And she wasn't who I thought she was. Like, I'm a church girl. And I don't feel like 
I'm living a meaningless life because I follow Jesus. In fact, it's the opposite. I am living the most fulfilled life that I have ever lived. And so if I could share just some of my takeaways from this past weekend, like all of the speakers were phenomenal and they all just shared things with me that have stayed with me and I want to share them with you. And the first thing I want to share is from my pastor, Kristen Wilkerson, who reminded us that every moment of our lives is significant. Even the things that we are ashamed of, even the things that we're embarrassed of and we wish we could change and we wish we could take back, those are the very things that allow us to grow and that teach us. So even myself, when I was in my 20s singing these crazy songs and just maybe even disrespecting myself and my body, I don't regret any of it because all of it was necessary so that I could become who I am today. So that also, also, so that I can see how powerful God is that he could change someone like me, that I'm no longer that same person. And it's only through the grace of God. And so I want you to remember that every moment of your life is significant. There are no small moments. The next one I want to share was from Pastor Joanne Wilson, who pastors we are uh she pastors Cool Church, I think in Miami. Um, and she was on the women in business panel and she was talking about how sometimes we get boggled down by the how. And when we're thinking about our visions and our dreams and the things that we want to do, that sometimes we don't move because we get so consumed by how to do it that if we don't know how, we just don't move and we stay stuck. And so she says, don't get stopped by the how. Let the Holy Spirit move you. Let the Holy Spirit lead you. So if you got the vision and you have the dream, just take the first step in faith and then let God do the rest. Carrie Pash shared something in, in, a, in the same vein of that. Um, she says, take the steps and God will align the opportunities. Then um, I think my favorite speaker of the entire conference was Pastor Onika McClellan. And I shared a clip of, of her preaching. And she preached on the story of um, Ruth. Uh, I can't, I get, anyway, the book of Ruth. And her sermon was titled, Give Me Also. And the, the summary of that was not to be afraid to ask God for more. We often think that God is limited in what he can do for us, but we serve a limitless God. And so if God blessed you with one thing, don't be afraid to ask him for another thing. Don't limit his, his capacity because he's an abundant God and he wants to bless you with more. He wants to do more for you. So even if he's given you something already, say, God, give me also. Yeah, you gave me this, but give me also. And continue asking God for more because God wants to bless you abundantly. And so with that, I am going to take 
a break. I want to pause here for a minute, give you an opportunity to digest everything that I have shared. And when we come back, I am going to talk about the importance of sisterhood, the importance of getting yourself surrounded by other women who are going to encourage you and who are going to inspire you and don't look at you as competition, but really are going to be there, you know, to to help you get to where you want to get to. And I want, I'm going to use the the story of Rachel and Leah, because that's the one that I'm fresh off of my weekly Bible study of. And I'm going to share a little bit about their story and then talk a little bit about how they are or could be the examples for you and me. So tip, sit tight. When we come back, we're going to get right into that conversation. You are tuned in to the Women of Faith podcast. Make sure to subscribe and leave a review. Thanks for listening. Welcome back. We are talking about the relationships between women. And this for me is a topic that I'm really passionate about because all of the work that I've been doing since 2013 has been focused and centered on how women can uplift each other, how we can support one another, how we can empower each other. And I'm I'm grateful that there are so many of us that are doing this work now, but it's really easy to lose sight of those who are genuine in the work that they do and then those who are simply doing it because it's trendy, because they want to capitalize off of it, because they want to monetize um, you know what it means to to be in female empowerment and sisterhood because not everyone who preaches that they're about female empowerment actually is. So for me this week, I wanted to talk a little bit about this because in my Bible study, we recently read about the relationship with Rachel and Leah. And these were two women who were actually blood sisters, but because there was a man that came in between them, it ultimately ended up affecting their relationship with each other. And I think that it's really important for us to to talk about this and to even think about the relationships we have in our own lives with women, because as women, we are super powerful beings. And when we really think about our gifts, our talents, our minds, the way that we show up in our daily lives, we are capable of achieving incredible things, not just on our own, but like together. When we connect, when we collaborate, like that power multiplies. And so for me, sisterhood and empowerment among women are key ingredients, not just for our success, but I believe for our collective happiness. See, when we support each other, when we create a network of strong, fierce, and capable women who can accomplish anything, then it gives other women the confidence that they need to pursue their dreams, their ambitions, and then knowing that they have other women behind them makes that journey so much easier. Because let's be honest, life is hard. 
And when we are navigating our professional lives, our personal lives, being moms, taking care of our families, all of that can become overwhelming. We can feel like there's a burden, heavy burden on our shoulders. And it when we have a supportive community of women, it makes the load that we carry feel a little less lighter. But what does sisterhood really mean and why is it so important? Well, for me, sisterhood is the bond between women who support, encourage, and inspire each other, right? It's about lifting each other up. It's about celebrating each other's successes and then also being there through those really hard moments, through those difficult times, through the moments where we feel like we can't go anymore, where we feel like the whole world is on our shoulders, when we feel like we have nothing else to give, having women there by our sides to lift us up when we can't carry ourselves is probably one of the most precious gifts that we can have. And this is why I personally I'm just so grateful for the circle of women in my life. Like I have, I'm so lucky that through the work that I do, that I have many women that I can turn to. I have, of course, my day ones. These are the women that have been with me for years. The women that have been through me through all that have been with me through all of my phases, all of the transitions that I have gone through, and the and the ones that have given me the space to grow into who God is calling me to be. And I think that that is something that some women struggle with, especially in relationships, because when we are connected to individuals through certain phases in our lives, as we continue to grow and as we continue to have different experiences, we may find that we may not be growing in the same direction as our friends. And sometimes, I'm not saying all the time, but sometimes our growth can be a wedge between women and friendships that we've had in our lives for a really long time. And then, and I've learned to be okay with the women that drop out of my life. Like I used to be really affected whenever I would lose women or whenever um, like my friendships would kind of waver. And what I realized was that sometimes God sends people into our lives for certain seasons and not everyone that we encounter and not every woman that we have a relationship with is meant to be with us on our entire journey. Some women God sends to us for specific moments in our lives, for specific phases to help us grow or to get through a certain situation. And sometimes it's not even about us. Sometimes God places us in other women's lives for the very same reason. And then once we have achieved that purpose in that person's life, then we just continue to grow and we continue to evolve. And so I guess what I'm trying to say is that sisterhood really is a powerful force that can transform the lives of women in ways we could never imagine. And we also just have to be open to understanding that 
relationships sometimes flow kind of, you know, like, like water. Sometimes they flow upstream, sometimes they flow downstream. And sometimes, you know, we will flow all together in the same direction. And sometimes we may come at a fork in the road and we kind of split. Um, and all of it is okay as long as we are not hindering another woman's progression, as long as we are not tearing another woman down. And I think that sometimes we get caught up in our own feelings. And when we allow ego to uh, to guide our actions and the way that we show up in the world, that can sometimes be destructive, not just to us, but to the sisterhood. Because then it becomes this uh, me versus them. And I don't believe that it should ever be me versus someone else. We should be able to allow people to grow and evolve and and, and allow for, for the relationship to separate if it's no longer serving either individual, but also without doing anybody any harm, you know? And so I guess what I, I as we move forward, I want to share some of the benefits of sisterhood because I know that there are many women who struggle with um, forming really positive, um, uplifting, you know, relationships with other women. And sometimes that could be because, um, you know, they've, they, there's jealousy at play, there's envy, they've been burned in the past by other women, you know, and sometimes when we have been the recipient of betrayal or hurt, it makes it really difficult for us to trust women again. And I will share my own personal experience. You know, um, probably when I was, I don't know, maybe 18, 19 years old, um, like I've always had close relationships and I had a really close relationship with a family member. And this person practically lived at my house. Like this was how close we were. She would spend the weekend at my house every single weekend. We did everything together. Again, she was a family member, you know, so not only were we spending, you know, our weekends together, but whenever, whenever there were family events, we were always together. She was like my sister. And um, it came to a point where I was dating someone and you know, he wasn't a boyfriend. He was just someone that I was dating, that we were not exclusive or anything like that. But we had what I thought was like a great relationship or a great situationship, whatever you want to call it. And we would go out and we would have fun. And that's really what it was. I was 19 years old. I was not ready for committed relationships or any of that. So we were having fun. And my family member, because she was in a abusive relationship, uh, many of the times that she would come spend the weekend at my house was to kind of get away from that abusive relationship. So when I was dating this guy and she would be around, like we would bring her out with us, like on our dates and we would have fun and we would do all the things. Um, fast forward, um, they ended up dating. And <laughs> back then, I was hurt and I was betrayed because I felt like it's just some, something shady that you just don't do to the people who are trying to look out for you, which was what I thought I was doing by including her in our dates. Um, 
fast forward all these years later, it's probably, I don't know, 20 years have passed since then. Um, I now realize that that connection between them two was purposeful. And I was just the vehicle to connect them because they ended up getting married. They have a family now. And so, I mean, I guess for all intents and purposes, they live happily ever after. I'm not really sure because after that happened, we stopped communicating. And it was it was funny because she stopped communicating with me as if I had done something to her, as if I had betrayed her. And every time we would see each other after you know, at family events, it was this thing. It felt really weird and, and really awkward because it all, it was always as if I had done something to her, you know, and clearly I had not. Um, but I share all that to, to say this, that so many times the reasons why we struggle with building relationships with other women is because we have been betrayed in the past. And when we're betrayed, we don't want to allow ourselves to experience betrayal or hurt. But... I have learned that we can't base all of our relationships with women, you know, on one example or on one failed relationship, because the same would go true for our romantic relationships, right? Just because someone may have betrayed you in the past or may have cheated on you in the past doesn't mean that every person you date moving forward is going to be the same, right? So you have to be able to kind of separate the two and then also become more discerning in the people that you trust. But there are many benefits, you know, to focusing on building relationships with women. The first one is you gain a sense of belonging. Being part of a sisterhood means being part of a group that accepts you, understands you, and shares your values and beliefs. This gives you a sense of belonging that is important for your mental and emotional well-being. And I will tell you that aside from my family, like my girlfriends are probably the most important people in my life. I don't know where I would be without them. They are the ones that I seek and that I turn to when I want to share my joys and my successes. And they're also the ones that I'm going to when I find myself in moments of heartbreak or sorrow or sadness, like they are my go-tos. And if you don't have women like that in your life, I encourage you to start spending some time, investing time in building relationships with women. The second benefit of having, you know, a fierce sisterhood is that you feel supported. You feel supported when you have sisters who have your back. It makes you know and feel that you're not alone. You know that you are loved. They encourage you to be the best version of yourself. And they believe in you even when you doubt yourself. I remember when I was first starting out at the poetry slam scene, right? Well, I was never really a slam performer, but like I would go to open mics and I was really just nervous in sharing my poetry on stage and in front of audiences. But yo, my girls would be right there, front and center, suffering sometimes through some of the worst, horrible poetry in New York City. 
but they were there because they knew that I had a passion for writing. They knew I had a passion for poetry and they wanted me to feel supported and they wanted to encourage me to continue doing the thing that I loved. And that is a huge benefit of having sisters by your side to do life with. You know, another benefit is that you gain strength in numbers. When women come together in unity, they become unstoppable because there's strength in numbers. And when there's a group of you, you can accomplish things you never thought possible because they will push you and they won't let you settle and they won't allow you to sit in your pity party. They're going to they're gonna be there to pick you up, to lift you up. And if we're not doing that for each other, then we're wasting our time here on earth. And I mentioned that I wanted to talk a little bit about the relationship between Rachel and Leah because I think that it they serve as a really good example for many of us, right? These two sisters are a perfect example of how jealousy and envy serves no one. Rachel and Leah were married to the same man. They both married Jacob and they both wanted his love. They wanted his attention. And instead of coming together as sisters and supporting each other, they allowed their jealousy to tear them apart. And as a result, they both suffered. And on the other hand, when women come together in unity, they can accomplish great things. In another kind of group of women that we just finished studying in Bible in our Bible study uh, was the relationship between Ruth and Naomi. And this is a perfect example of when women come together, how they can accomplish incredible things. See, Ruth was a foreigner who married Naomi's son. And after her husband and Naomi's husband died, Naomi urged Ruth to return to her own people. But Ruth wasn't having it because she declared her loyalty to Naomi. And she was like, nah, mom, nah, mother-in-law, I'm not going back to where I came from. I'm staying with you. I'm a ride or die. I don't, regardless of what happens, I'm going to stay here. I'm going to serve your God. I'm going to become part of your people. And we're going to just forge forward together. And whatever happens, we're going to get through it together. And so Ruth's love and loyalty to Naomi brought them both joy and because of that, they were our direct ancestors to Jesus, right? Because, because they decided to stay together, because they decided to kind of push forward, even though they were both poor, they had nothing, like they literally had nothing, but they trusted each other and they had each other's back. And, you know, so for so many of us women of faith who read their story, it continues to inspire us because it shows us what happens or what could happen when women choose to stick together versus turning away from each other or trying to tear each other apart or bring each other down. And so I guess as I conclude this week's podcast, as women of faith, it's important that we build positive relationships with each other. We need to come together in unity and support one another in our personal and professional lives. Sisterhood and empowerment among women are key ingredients for our success and happiness. So I encourage you 
to embrace the power of sisterhood and that you continue to lift each other up to greatness because that is what we are called to do. And in a world that constantly pits women against each other, it's important for us to understand the roles that we play to counter that because it's it's bad enough that the world is already trying to get us to knock each other down right we do not have to um participate in that and so let's just start making a conscious effort to uplift inspire and encourage each other every single day because together we can achieve anything we set our minds to Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Woman of Faith podcast. And until next time, remember that you were created for more. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Woman of Faith podcast. If this episode blessed you, consider supporting us by leaving us a rating, giving us a review, writing a comment, and sharing with your network. And if you feel really moved, you can consider making a financial donation to the link in our episode notes. Until next time, I pray that you are blessed, that you step boldly into what God is calling you to do, and that you never forget that you were created for more.